Are you ready for the word? Crazy. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax us or bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that I really hope is being a blessing to you that's called recovery and restoration. Something God tells us in this word that he's willing to do for me and you. In Joel chapter 2, God said that he'll restore everything that was lost and or that the devil stole from us. And since all of God's children have experienced that, that is, things lost and or stolen in our lives, then I know we'll all be a blessed people when God does that for us. That's why I'm excited about sharing with all of you a little more today about what the Bible has to say about the recovery and restoration that God wants to cause to come our way so that all of you can acquire the faith necessary to let God bring recovery and restoration your way. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Job chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 21. It reads, Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which are sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. He's talking about me and you, by the way. We as people. I got any people of God up in the house. We're talking about you. Praise God. He's talking all about you. He's telling you about the restoration and recovery that's going to be coming to you. Where God said, I will restore to you the years that the canker worm has stolen. The canker worm, the palmer worm, and all the other caterpillar and, his, and, the, and, the, and the great army that came in and ate up everything and tore up everything and devoured everything. God said, that's all right. He's going to have them cough it up and bring it back to you. Praise God. And then bring it back to you intact and entire because there's going to be recovery and restoration. Well, you'll get back and regain something that was lost and taken away. Whether you lost it, whether you take it away, or we found out that even if you gave it away, God said, I'm going to get it back for you. Praise God. Especially if you were snookered when, it, when, you got, when you gave it away. We found out it means to make up for or make good things that were lost, damaged, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But God's going to make up for things that was lost in our lives and give us even something better, more better in, back into our lives. He's going to make it good of some things that was damaged and lost too. Praise God. Insurance companies ain't the only one that pay up. God does too. Praise God. 
He's going to reclaim from a bad state or practice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, things that may have turned bad, God said, I'm going to turn them back good again so that we can regain some things and put them back in usable form from refuse material and or from waste places. Well, our name might have been mud or anything that we was attached to was attached to mud. But God said, I'm going to clean it up for you and I'm going to return it to you back in a better state than it ever was before. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Because God has called on recovery and restoration to be able to come to me and you. A return of some things to former, original, normal, or unimpaired conditions. Whereas before, the devil took it and might have dented it up, messed it up, and jacked it up. But God said, I'm going to fix it back up and bring it back to you. And be able to give it to you in a repaired, unimpaired condition. And bring you restitution too. Whereas we're going to get double for our trouble. He said, if the thief is found, he's going to give it back sevenfold. Praise God. That's a lot. And, and we got a lot coming our way. Everybody say, come on with it, Lord. With it, Lord. That includes the restoration of property, the restoration of rights, the restoration of things that was previously taken away, the things that was conveyed, things that was surrendered, things that was lost, things that was given away, things that was jacked up, messed up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. God said, I'm about to bring it back to you. And, that, and that's the truth. Praise God. Well, since that's the case, then we have found out that we need to be able to be ready for this, have the faith necessary to receive this, and in some cases, cooperate with this so that God could be able to do it in the midst of our lives. Some of the things aren't going to require us to be involved in in any kind of way. God said, I'm just going to do it for you. And then there's other things, blessed be the name of the Lord, that we're going to have to cooperate with. But that's all right. If we're going to get all that back, I'll cooperate. How about you? Praise God. What you want a brother to do. And I'll be glad to do it. Blessed be the name of the Lord if I'm going to get it back like that. Praise God. Hallelujah. We've been looking at one of the things that he's going to restore to us recently. We've been looking at the restoration of our name. The restoration of our name. Because we found out in the, in, in, in the book that teaches a king how to be a king, the book of Proverbs, that it taught us that a good name is a very valuable thing to have. In fact, it says it's more to be desired than silver and gold. Which means if you had a choice between silver and gold and a good name, leave the silver and gold on the table, pick up a good name. Praise God. Why is that? Because that good name will not only get you the silver and gold and the table, it'll get you a house to put the table in too. Praise God. And even maybe be able to pay, pay an accountant to be able to count your silver and gold too. Because a good name is just that good. Praise God. That, 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 it, it, it does stuff for you that you couldn't even imagine it could do. Bring you before kings, yes it will. And bring you great things, yes it will. Because a good name is like a precious ointment. We found it's comforting. It's, it's sweet-smelling fragrance. Praise God to the people, to the fact that people want you around because of your good name. Just like when folks spray on stank sweet, people don't mind you being around with that stank sweet. But if they leave the, the sweet off and just put the stank on, they don't want to have nothing to do with you. Praise God. They're going to keep you at arm's length you know, or at nose length. Praise God. Make sure you ain't too close. But when you have a good name, people going to want to draw you close. Because your good name will cause them to be able to profit. So they know that and they want you around because you, you could cause other people to profit. We found out our name is attached to our character, how we conduct ourselves, and the combination of traits and qualities that distinguish us as an individual or a person. It's tied to our character. And so our character is tied to our names because the word name in the Greek is the word unima, which is, means character and authority. So let's just deal with the character part that based upon what kind of character we have will determine what kind of name we have. That if we got a good name, it's because we have a good character. We have good character traits. We act right. We conduct ourselves like we're supposed to, at least in a way that's beneficial to other people so that they want to have more of me and you. That's why God's name is praise because he's very beneficial. 
And God said, if you begin to conduct yourself like I want you to do, then I'll give you my name. We read that in multiple places, including in Revelation 2. God said, I'll give you my name. Praise God. Why? Because I give you my character. And once I give you my character, then you'll receive my name. And then you begin to conduct yourself the same. And then other people will be able to see what you do that's like me. And they'll desire you just like they desire me. We found out one of the things is called faithfulness. That we will conduct ourselves faithful. Because God is faithful. And so since God is faithful and then we'll have his character, we'll have his reputation, then it's because we'll be faithful too. The Bible said a faithful man, who can one find? Somebody say over here, over here. Praise God. Here we are right here. Praise God. Because we'll be faithful. Now, now, now we found out faithfulness is required for anybody to trust anybody with anything. And what God wants to trust, entrust you with things. And he wants to recommend you to other people who can entrust you with things. But that requires faithfulness. That gives us a good name. Last time we got together, we found out Jacob's name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Jacob's name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Which let us know that even a bad name could be turned into a good name. Even a supplanter, a low-down con man, a thief, a liar. Somebody that don't even have any boundaries to his evilness and wickedness. To the point that he would even work with his mama to jack his daddy. And to be able to get his brother's birthrights and stuff like that. Sold his, went and then tricked his brother into buying his birthrights for, for a, 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 a pie pie. Praise God, some stew or something. Praise God. I don't care if it was a Marie Callender pot pie. You, you ain't supposed to sell your birthrights for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he did. Praise God, tricked his brother into it. Hallelujah. And then came back and put all kind of fuzzy stuff on his arms and, 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 and threw a little stank on him. Praise God, because he was a sweet little guy. And, he, you know, not like sugar, you know, like that. You know, you hear what I'm saying? I mean, Got to remember what era I'm in before I start talking. He, meaning he was a kind you know, smooth-skinned kind of guy. Praise God. But he had put a little fuzz on like that. I guess his mama cut up one of her wigs, praise God, and they, they glued it on his arms and everything like that and went in and, and like, conned his daddy, praise God. Daddy wasn't sure, but he just he did so many things to make it think that it was him. You know, his father went ahead and blessed him. So not only did he take his birthright, but he took his blessing, too, to the point that he ran out of Dodge because his brother was going to do something to him, too. Took all my stuff, you con man. But yet... Because he now had the blessing in his life, God was right there with him to the point that we found out that he blessed him all the way around. But then eventually, it's now time to restore his name. And so then he was on his way back home, but we found out he ran into a a theophany or a Christophany. depends on which theologian that you talk to. The Bible says an angel of the Lord, but we found out that that angel of the Lord was the Lord God Almighty himself, that he was there. Praise God. And as a result of that, he wrestled with him all night because some people still wrestle with doing things God's way. Some people wrestle with it and still trying to get one up on God and get it still done their way. But you, he could not defeat him. He could not do that because God ain't, God ain't like that. So long story short, he touched his leg, we found out, put his finger on his thigh and, 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 and dislocated that thigh, which means in essence he changed his walk. Because if you're going to get a new name, one of the things that's going along with it is a changed walk. Because if you keep walking like you did before order in your life, then you're going to have the same reputation. But he's about to change this walk. Made it an east side walk. Praise God. Hallelujah. Watch yourself, man. Hell. Are you feeling me up in here? Wow. <laughs> Gave me east side walk. Praise God. Amen. And, and, and changed his walk. But he also changed his name. And we found out, once again, the name is a reputation. No longer called him Jacob. Now he called him Israel, one who rules like God and one who rules with God. 
to the point that he changed his name. That's good news because that let us know that a man with a bad name can get a good name if he just grab hold of God and say the same thing too. I will not let you go till you bless me. That you'll give up your ways and you'll start leaning toward God's ways so that you can be blessed. Rather than conning and lying and cheating and stealing and lying and bluffing like you used to do. But go ahead and just like operate like God wants you to do. Grab hold to God, which we found out also represents grab hold to the covenant. Just like he told the eunuch, I give you your stuff back if you grab hold to me and give you a name that's better than the name that you used to have. That's what happens when you grab hold to God. When you grab hold to God, grab hold to the covenant, grab hold to the word of God and begin to do what the word of God says do, you'll end up with a character of God as a result of not letting go and doing the same thing Jacob did too. You'll receive the same thing he did. Jacob received the character of God. Jacob received a new walk and Jacob received a new name. He received the character of God. He was a changed man. He received a new walk and he walked it out in his life to prove that he was a changed man. And he received a new name. Now, he ain't the only one that this ever happened to. Because there's other people in scripture I can show you who got a new name too. Or some people, it wasn't a new name, it was the same name, but yet it was changed in that it changed from a bad name to a good name. From a bad name to a good name. I'll show you one of them. Let's go to the New Testament this time. Turn over with me, please, to the book of Acts, 13th chapter. Acts, 13th chapter. I love the Lord. Anybody here love the Lord? We got something in common. Praise God. We got something in common. See, grabbing hold to the character of God and not letting go will restore our tarnished name that we might have had or, or, or and maybe even give us a new name. It'll restore our tarnished names because some of our names are tarnished, dented, scuffed up, messed up. Whereas when people hear our name, they're like, oh, no. Yeah, they might not say anything, but on the inside, they're like, oh, Lord, no. They might smile at you, hi. But in the inside of them things, they say, no. But God can be able to clean up that tarnished name. Maybe even better than that name already was before it got messed up. I'll show you an example of it. There's a guy by the name of John Mark who is an example of a person whose name was restored. Because John Mark's name was restored from the bad name that it had become. So that it could become a good name. This might inspire you. If not, you take good notes for your friends so you can be able to share it with them too. <laughs> Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now there were in the church that are at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger. It's Niger. Watch how you say that. Niger. <laughs> and Lucius and Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. And Saul. Look at Saul at the back at the back of the list. Amen. And then that's something how somebody that started at the back of the list can end up at the front of the list later on down the line. Amen. So if you're in the back right now, just just relax. Just stay faithful and do what God said do. God can move you to the front of the list. But you want God to do it. You don't want to do it. Because if you end up sitting someplace you ain't never supposed to be, somebody will come in and put you back where you were supposed to be. And then you look silly. Are you listening to me up in here? You want the, the king to move you forward. You want the leader to move you forward. Amen. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You might have went to the Spurs game, saw some empty seats down a little lower. <laughs> kind of like ease down there and took them seats until somebody else came there with tickets. 
everybody looking at you. Going back up to the nosebleed section. Praise God. <laughs> Don't have to be like that. Just let somebody come and take you down there. Praise God. Anyway. So, verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered unto the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, who said this? The Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul, front of the list, back of the list. Send me Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Who called them? The Holy, Ghost. Holy Ghost called them. So this hookup, this little, this little Holy Ghost connection right here is designed by God, ordained by God to the point that God told them, put them together so they can go out and do the work that I have for them to do. So you know there's going to be a powerful too. You know these going to be some bad boys right here. God put them together. I'll say, I, I, I trust the brother on this. I know the difference between when folk put you together and when God put you together. I know the difference between the two. When folk put you together, God put you together. It's two different worlds. Praise God. When God put you together, there's power. You're going to get some stuff done. And this is a powerful couple right here. Not as in couple like in modern day stuff. couple as in two people serving together, walking together to do what God has for them to do. Amen. Anyway, verse three. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, sent by who? The Holy Ghost. Sent by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia. And from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salami, which is the city right next to Bologna. And when they, and when they were at Salami, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. Notice they had also John to their minister. Now that John right there is talking about John Mark. That's what we're talking about right now. Which meant John came as their minister. Came as their minister. Those two were set aside by God to go do the work that they had them to do. There were other people who went along with them to go do what they said do. How many? I don't know. But there were some other people that went along with them. We know it's minimum John Mark went along with them to be able to do the work that God asked them to for them to do. Understand something. Anytime somebody is endeavored to do something great, they're going to need some other people to be able to aid and assist them to get it done. Whether it's one or many, they're going to need some other people that's going to be there to be able to help them get it done. Because it, it takes people, plural, to do great things. I was excited about how it happened with this church, too, praise God. I remember, I remember, I remember when we first opened the door, God began to start pulling all the powerful people that he wanted to be involved. He started bringing this one from over here and that one from over here and this one from this city and that one from that city. And he started pulling them all together because God is putting it together in order to be able to get done what he wants to get done. Where everything that was needed to get it done was going to be there. Whether they showed up on day one, and became charter member, or whether they showed up later on down the line, a few months later, praise God, and became a member. Whether they came on years down the line, it's still God's pulling people together to be able to get done what he wants to get done. That excites me, because I know that means that that's going to work. 
Anywho, verse six says, and when they had gone through the aisles of Pamphus, I don't want to get in all that. If we kept reading, because y'all was worshiping, right? so I, can't, I ain't got time to get in all that. If you keep reading, you'll find out how they went further in the ministry and begin to start doing things. Now, they're they on a missionary tour now, so they ain't like round the block. They ain't like coming from another way. But it's, that's just as bad, but this is worse because they're on, the, they on the missionary trail. They cities away, you know, depending on one another. Depending on one another. Drop down to verse 13. Here's where my man named get jacked. Verse 13, it says, now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John departed from them, returned to Jerusalem. So when it's time to go on to the next place, begin to start doing what God wanted them to do. Everybody packing up to go. But then my man pack up to go too. They head that way. He go the other way. He on his way back to Jerusalem. He booked. He struck. He left. This is where John Mark earned his bad name. Because he left his team on the field of battle and went home. He left his team on the field of battle and he went home. Notice, no reason is listed in scripture for his leaving. No reason is listed in scripture for his reason. All it tells us is he went home. And you say, well, why in the world would there be no reason listed for him? Well, one of the reasons, let's go on his side first. There is no reason that's insufficient for the unfaithful person to leave his or her post. There is no reason that's insufficient for an unfaithful person to leave their post. Any reason. It's blowing outside. Wind is blowing outside. Good enough reason. It's cold outside. Good enough reason. It's, it's hot outside. Good enough reason. I don't feel like it today. Good enough reason. When the person is unfaithful. See, for the unfaithful, any excuse will do. No reason is too small for the unfaithful. The unfaithful will always feel justified in their unfaithful actions. They'll feel like they're right about what they're doing. Look, I'm out of here for whatever reason that they receive, whatever reason they come up with. I'm out of here. And if the unfaithful person is ever questioned by the person in authority about his or her unfaithfulness, then the person in authority will be seen seen by the unfaithful as the problem. Then why are you questioning me? Why? See, that's your problem. You think everybody's supposed to do what you do. And so, and, and, you know, then they come up with, you know, all the, you know, and all you did was ask the question. But just like no reason is insufficient for the unfaithful person who abandons his or her post of duty, no reason is sufficient for the ones that they leave behind. No reason is sufficient for the ones they leave behind. The military calls it AWOL, which is away without leave. That's what the military calls it. And I got any military in the house, ex-military in the house, say, hey, okay, so you can feel me on this one. Going AWL is a capital offense that's punishable by discipline, disciplinary action at the very least, possibly by court-martial, dishonor, discharge, and if it's serious enough, possible execution. You may lose stripes, lose rank. Why is that? Because of the fact that you booked and wasn't where you were supposed to be. Now, what I'm trying to share with you is that what John Mark did was not something that's played off as nothing. Nor is it something that's not really that deep. Because a lot of people say, well, that's not really not that deep. Don't, you'll see. His leaving them on the battlefield was serious business. It was something that would tear up a person's good name and give them 
a bad reputation, one that'll last a long time, if not forever. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed with what the Word of God had to say. I hope you're coming to know a little bit more about how our God is a God who wants to bring recovery and restoration into the lives of His children. I hope that I'm making it clear that God your Father wants to bring recovery and restoration near to all of you who have an ear to hear. I hope even more importantly that you're becoming inspired to let God be who He is. That is, a God who restores everything that was stolen and lost in the lives of His. He's willing and wanting to do it for us. So let's let God bring recovery and restoration to us. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. If you're in or visiting San Antonio and surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. And don't forget, if you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service that'll pick you up at home and then drop you off at home after the service is over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be more than glad to come and get you. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.